We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined as always by Sean Siegel, co-owner of Rotoviz, co-host of Stealing Bananas, and of course, co-host of Rotoviz Overtime as well with me here, three times per week. Sean, I do want to plug it here at the start of the show, you and Ben did a bonus episode or an early episode, I guess we'll call it, on Monday, where you did break down a lot of different topics throughout the uh kind of the, the Bengals and um, the Chiefs and obviously the Rams and the 49ers, but you also talked a lot about strategy and how some of the coaching decisions not were made in those games and, you know, kind of the advancement of, I guess, analytics and, and coaching decisions moving forward. So I thought it was a really interesting uh, discussion. I would highly recommend if anyone hasn't checked that one out already to head back and have a listen after you finish up today's show. The other thing that I want to mention, if the listeners haven't gone and checked it out yet, we will be talking about it on today's show. We'll also be talking about it on Saturday's show. We're going to be talking lots of rookies this week on the podcast. The Road of His Rookie Guide for 2022 Volume 1 is out and it is absolutely fantastic. Talked about it on Tuesday's show, but uh, you know we did mention on it that I was kind of getting to start to dive into it reading through it kind of non-stop since we finished recording on tuesday sean i have to say it is uh, fantastic i would highly recommend anyone head on over you can check that out it is linked up on the rotoviz.com homepage, uh, and that's probably the quickest way to go and get it but it'll also be in today's show notes if you want to head on and check it out we will be talking specifically wide receivers on today's edition we'll look into some running backs then on the saturday show so you'll get lots of stuff coming your way uh, sean the guide, I have to say, uh, I know I know you're going to say that you're part of the team and, you know, there's a whole team involved in it, but uh, it is absolutely superb. So congratulations on uh, such a great product uh, again this year. Well, thank you. I'm glad that you liked it. And we had a lot of fun putting it together. Curtis did a great job of leading the project. Travis May, you know, just a fantastic college football and draft season mind understands it all extremely well has great familiarity with all of these players he does our Devi and college football dfs content during the fall and so i mean he's very familiar with these guys coming back around as we do our draft content and then as you would expect dave cabin and blair andrews 
a fantastic job in terms of putting together some of the advanced stats that really help us understand these athletes and how they project to the NFL. So it was a lot of fun. And we chatted a little bit in the first show of the week about what is in the guide. Today, Colin, we're going to dive in to the wide receivers. And obviously, we're not going to give everything away, but want to give you know some great info today to help people start their research and perhaps pique your interest in terms of some things that are in the guide. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Sean, I know reading through it, you mentioned there the guys, you know, Dave and, and Travis, Blair and so on and yourself. And I think the best place to start on today's edition of it is with your piece on, on breakout age and the advanced production, you know, and, and checking who's checking multiple boxes, basically heading into 2022. You know, we talked on Tuesday show, but this class may be one that is slightly overlooked, but you also talked about the possible first round wide receivers that we will see in this particular class. When we look at it being overlooked, I think we're probably talking more from other positions. Do you think it's a case that we'll see a lot of, I guess, locking or spotlight shone on the wide receivers, especially with how wide receivers have come in and immediately adapted to some of the offenses in the NFL over the last, you know, three to four years? I think we're going to see that. And I think we're going to see excitement about this group. There's not a Jamar Chase in it necessarily. I think that's you know fairly easy to say because he came <laughs> in as one of the greatest prospects ever and then follow that up with the kind of rookie season that you would hope for from someone who uh, had that type of projection. And that follows on the heels of Justin Jefferson, who has been one of the greatest, if not the best wide receiver of all time through two seasons. Now, the chances that we have someone like that in this class are very, very low, but it is a class where as many as seven different names are currently being mocked in the first round. And anytime you're talking about a receiver going in the first round, it becomes pretty interesting. One of the things that I have maybe has struck me the most about doing the never-too-early best ball draft with the FFPC uh, with Blair Andrews is that this is a great year for a zero running back, at least early, I think, because you actually have quite a bit of depth at the running back position and you don't necessarily have that at wide receiver when we're looking at guys who are going to really produce and contribute, right? You've got a lot of depth. If you're talking about, you know, that you're just a guy types of people, the players who every once in a while are going to have a good game for you, but don't have the ceiling and don't have the weekly four that, you know, get you into the lineup, right? And we look at these players and, and how they're going to work. And we look at the lineups that Connor had and that UI and Blair had in the contest that just transpired and how those lineups worked and how the other 10 lineups worked who were in the finals with us. And it, it's interesting to kind of get a feel for what you need. After the first couple of rounds, the wide receiver position gets so flat that you just don't have the kind of impact player that you're really looking for. And so then the contrast to that is that these guys, if they come in and can give you a little bit of what, maybe not Jamar Chase, but what Jalen Waddell did last year, that's a big contribution. And it's a contribution at a price that really helps you when you look at where those guys are going to go. We're currently in the... 10th round coming back around 
and a couple of the guys that we expect to go off the board at the very beginning of both the reality draft and rookie mocks are still there. And you think about the value that Waddle had last season, we're already kind of set up for some of these guys to have as much or more this year. Now, one of the things that we know is that these guys are going to get more expensive as we go through, but that's another cool part about having the rookie guide right now is that it will help you make these picks really early and you know beat your best ball league, beat some of your early redraft leagues before guys are really onto them. And that portion of it, you know, maybe even more than in Dynasty has a real value to you. Yeah, I think so. When you mentioned guys like Waddle, like, you know, Jamar Chase, we're probably not going to see that each and every time, but you do have guys like Waddle who had a great production as a rookie, you know, over a thousand yards, six touchdowns for him, over a hundred catches. You have guys like a T Higgins from the previous year. There's lots of players that can be in this group that maybe aren't exactly in that Jamar Chase bracket, but you know, maybe that's not achievable, but there's a lot of guys who are in that tier just behind who are, are very much in the, the mix. When you're looking at it, Sean, this year, I know you have it in the article split into boxes and, and listeners may be familiar at times with um, some of the information that obviously is going to cross over between both of these. But, you know, in terms of the boxes that you're looking through, you have early breakout, early declare and elite production. Is it a case that you're given all of those equal weighting in this, or is it a case that one of those is, is more important than the others? Well, that kind of combination helps you understand the importance of roundedness for the receivable profile, that when the production happens is extremely important, and we have a, a variety of different ways to look at that. And one of the things I talk about in this article is that 2022, the draft class is going to be tricky, right? It's going to be very interesting, but it's also going to come as a little bit of an enigma because of the pandemic and because of some of the specific guys in this class, it's going to be difficult to evaluate. And I think that makes it fun, right? As opposed to problematic. So some of the complicating factors we have this year are injuries, teammate strength, the abbreviated 2020 season, high-profile transfers, and scouting questions about the stars. So we think about injuries, and you have guys like George Pickens and Justin Ross, who, you know, they came out and looked really good as freshmen and then didn't have a lot of production the rest of the way because of serious injuries. You also have Williams, who is injured in the national title game. Now, we've seen a lot of players come back from these ACL tears, but Anytime that someone is injured toward the end of the season as opposed to toward the beginning of the season, we've also had a number of players sort of in a race to get back for week one, even when they're injured early. And so you're definitely taking on some risk as the team if you're drafting him. You're taking some risk on as the fantasy player if you're adding him, especially in redraft and best ball types of contests, but even a little bit there in Dynasty because obviously so much of the value is tied up in how well the person performs right away because that's going to make a big difference in terms of where people anchor and the kind of trade value they see for that player not just in the first year and immediately but even as you go along people are going to be thinking of that rookie year kind of basing the trajectory off that now of course people are going to know he has the injury so there's going to be a little bit of an asterisk there that will help him to an extent but we have those guys and then we have the situation with Garrett Wilson Chris Olave, Williams, and then their teammate coming along right behind them, who is even better. And that creates a little bit of a situation like we saw with Alabama, where you have Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs, uh, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell, and it becomes a little bit trickier to evaluate those guys. Now, 
Devontae Smith, and, and he had such a, an extraordinary season the previous year that he was the Heisman Trophy winner. He also projected extremely well in Matt Spencer's wide receiver prospect model, one of my favorite pieces uh, you know, in the entire NFL season, not just draft season. right? So we don't necessarily have a prospect like Smith either, and I think that Smith came out and did a very nice job when you sort of adjust for how run-heavy the Philadelphia Eagles were. But it was interesting that kind of a year after Judy and Ruggs disappointed and kind of continued that disappointment in some way, shape, or form, obviously the unfortunate uh, situation there with Ruggs ending his career. But Judy now a disappointment in some ways through two seasons. He's obviously going to be a bounce back candidate, but it was interesting just how late he went in our first best ball draft. So there's some skepticism about that as well. But then you have the Alabama guys behind him coming through and actually looking pretty good as rookies. So we now have to make some of those distinctions about this excellent group of Ohio State receivers. And one of the things that we also have for Alave is the fact that he did not declare early. So that adds another kind of question mark to him. And so this article talks a little bit about breakout age. It talks about how the guys with early breakout ages have just so completely crushed the players with later breakout ages are guys who don't break out at all in terms of early NFL fantasy production. You know, basically you're getting the equivalent of a guy drafted a full round earlier than he actually was or vice versa when you look at those two groups. And then I mentioned some of the guys just from the recent three years who've done so well, right? It sort of blows you away when you look at the performances from some of these early breakout guys. We have three years ago, AJ Brown, He's number one this century with 145 fantasy points over expectation during his first two seasons. Then you look at two years ago, Justin Jefferson comes into the league. He ranks number one in receiving yardage for a player over his first two seasons, besting Odell Beckham Jr. by more than 100 yards, even when we exclude the new week 18. Now, we do know that Beckham missed some games in his first year. Beckham uh, still really, in, in so many ways, the gold standard for rookie production at the wide receiver position really coming in and being the wide receiver one right away and then just last year jamar chase right setting a new rookie record for fantasy points so we have those early breakout guys coming in and smashing but one of the things i wanted to note in this piece is that you know let's try and look at the production from a well-rounded perspective especially because we have this 2020 season with the pandemic that's just so different from for everybody right so you look at this class and someone who's an early declare in this class, really the year that we would have wanted them to break out would have been 2020. You, know, you want to see that freshman or sophomore breakout by the time you're looking at junior and especially senior, that starts to throw up red flags for you. But instead of getting like too caught up in the specific numbers, you know, let's look at the context for these guys. Let's look at how their careers move through these first couple of seasons. And that's where we get back to the boxes. Last January, Blair Andrews wrote this extremely good article, which, you know, no surprise for Blair and his wrong read series. But talking about the value of heuristic decision-making and the importance of checking all the boxes, referencing Justin Jefferson and how he really was that guy. Well, the boxes column, as you mentioned, early breakout, early declare, elite production, and then having either elite size or athleticism. Now, there are some guys who do come in and succeed at receiver who don't quite hit either of those templates, but I, we do tend to see there being a big wide receiver archetype and a small wide receiver archetype. 
if you don't fit into one of those two groups, then it doesn't mean there are zero players that still hit, but it's much less likely, right? And so we want to see players who are either big or who are athletic. If you're both, sometimes you can be a Julio Jones or a Calvin Johnson, but we want to see that again, obviously, within the context of production. Oftentimes in the NFL draft, you'll see a guy who has elite size or has elite athleticism, sometimes even both. But if they came in without production, then you're still looking at very probably making a reach pick. So that's kind of the context that we're looking at for framing this and getting a sense of how we want to look at wide receiver prospects and how we can start to order our board and not that we're going to always be right because we know that we're not, but we want to over time structure our board in such a way that we're able to beat what the NFL draft is doing and kind of beat what the other participants in our rookie drafts are doing. Now, one of the things that we know here is that you really do kind of have to beat them both because rookie drafters are getting to be very savvy and in many cases, they're going to actually have a little bit of an edge on your NFL GM as well. Now, that's not to say the NFL GMs are not bringing something to the table because they have all kinds of information that we don't have. And that's where the draft slot does matter and gives us kind of an anchor from which we can then look, okay, well, this guy's going to be probably over or undervalued relative to draft slot. But that draft slot at least gives us a point to say, okay, well, how much and where kind of is the context we're looking for? If someone is an overvalued number 15 overall pick, that can still be a lot better than if you are an undervalued pick in the fifth round, quite obviously. So that gives us the context and then going through and understanding the trajectory of a player's production through his college career gives us a chance to beat the draft. And one of the things that I note here is that it's never too early to start getting ready to grab yourself the next Elijah Moore. And so Colin, that's kind of the background. And then our second step here is to jump in and look at Travis May's article. <coughs> look at Travis May's analysis where he talks about the adjusted production index. Hey, RotoViz fans. This is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast, taking a minute to let you know that as a loyal RotoViz listener, you can get 10% off a one year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. It gives you full access to all of our content and tools. And again, that's RVRADIO2022 at checkout for 10% off a one year RotoViz subscription. Enjoy the podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So Sean, looking at Travis's piece then and, you know, something that he's done with both the quarterback and the wide receivers look at you know the adjusted production based on a number of different factors but you mentioned a couple of things to just to hint back at a few things that i didn't mention i I think the 2020 season like we we did go through that a bit last year with jamar chase who sat out i think it's going to be interesting to see how that's all factored in in both the nfl draft and then in rookie drafts and then heading into the actual you know redraft season i guess to see what values are there on the rookies the other thing i just wanted to head on before we go to travis's piece is in terms of the rookie guide itself there is one of the advantages of something being you know digital versus physical there is hyperlinks to a number of you mentioned blair's article for example there's hyperlinks in your article too that takes you straight back to the road of his website to be able to dive straight into it and get even more value out of it so uh, another great feature for anyone looking to head on over and, and grab a copy but sean in terms of the wide receivers and travis's work then in the adjusted production index what what are some of the key takeaways um from travis's work so what travis has done here i think is really cool because he's created a metric that gives us a combination of peak adjusted dominator rating yards per team pass attempt and touchdowns per team pass attempt so really giving us a well-rounded picture of a receiver's advanced production so it's easy to go in and you can do this in the box score scout you can go in and look at the raw production for these players you can look at the game logs that kind of thing and that's very valuable i wouldn't recommend against that at all i think that gives you again important context for understanding the arc of a player's career and arc of a player's season then it's fun to go in and kind of look and see well how does that factor in to what the player did within his scheme and one of the things that's really cool here is that Travis has given us a variety of ways to look at it. So peak adjusted dominator rating. One of the things that he's done is weight this heavily to the receiving yards element of it, as opposed to the receiving touchdown elements of it. We've done quite a bit of work through the years at Rotoviz, and we know that that yardage market share for most things. Now, one of the reasons why we use the actual dominator rating in the breakout age that we've always done is it's actually the best way to look at that. But the weighted dominator rating that he uses here is better for most of the things that we're looking at. And one of the reasons why we have dominator rating is that it gives us the best chance to kind of beat the draft. Now, yards per team attempt, touchdowns per team attempt, these metrics really help us project draft position and get a feel for what NFL teams are looking at when they pick these guys. And that's obviously important information too, right? When you're making picks early in your best ball draft, when you are kind of going through your Debbie thought process, when you're doing some drafts that happen before the NFL draft. And I'm in some leagues. I know that listeners are in some leagues where you actually have to 
<laughs> really put your money where your mouth is and make these picks before the NFL decision makers do where you don't know the draft slot yet. And so having something like this that gives you a feel for where these guys are likely to be drafted is very, very helpful. So one of the things that Travis has done, he's got the full table here and lets you look through all of those. He also then has these numbers standardized to give you one score, which is again, his adjusted production index and takes you through, you know, kind of where you need to be to be a good NFL pick. And probably not surprisingly, because this class is not as well thought of, even though from a draft perspective, a lot of them are going to go early. We're not seeing the same kinds of 90th percentile players that we saw last season. But that doesn't mean that there aren't some guys who are very interesting either on the adjusted dominator side or the yards per team attempt side. And that's a thing here too, where you can kind of see, well, you know, where are the strengths? Where are the weaknesses? For example, Wondell Robinson, who's an interesting guy, and he kind of fits into one of those tricky boxes I talked about where he's a transfer, he moves to Kentucky, he goes from being sort of a hybrid player to almost exclusively a wide receiver. You can see that elite after the catch production. He has a 3.6 adjusted yards per team attempt which is an elite number the second best in this class but his touchdowns per team attempt are very very low right and so we can see well robinson couldn't get in the end zone maybe that's something that jumps out to you if that's an important part of what you want to do we had mentioned uh having jj on stealing bananas and how you know he said that he's still looking for the big wide receivers and that gives us a chance to sort of tease JJ's appearance on the show next week. We're very excited to have him. But this kind of goes back to some of our freak score discussions, right? Where the big, tall, fast wide receivers tend to score the touchdowns. It's perhaps not a surprise that Robinson would come out and have this elite number in terms of yards per team attempt, but perhaps it's not in the touchdowns per team attempt column. And then obviously you have some guys where those numbers are flipped. We have Chris Olave coming in with very good touchdown per team attempt numbers, sort of a deep threat there for Ohio State scoring those touchdowns, maybe not getting the yardage share that you would hope with Wilson and some of the other teammates that he's had to compete with during his time there. But those touchdowns really jump out and give you a sense for why he could be a guy who still goes in the first round because of that long speed, because of the touchdown scoring, we know that the vertical ability and the ability to stretch defenses, and especially, you know, if people are kind of playing you deep already, if your quarterback has a big arm, being able to still get behind the defense is something that can break down some of those. We saw Gabriel Davis obviously get behind the Chiefs defense a couple of times in the AFC playoffs. So Great numbers there. Travis gives you such a full look at this class. And then one of the cool things too is that he has his API broken down by power five players and then by you know non-power five players. And so you get to look at someone like a Sky Moore at Western Michigan who has an 88th percentile API. You get to look at uh, Khalil Shakir who was a big time player for Boise State. You get Jalen Tolbert at South Alabama, who is maybe the trendiest non-power conference player in the entire draft. Someone I've seen mocked even in the second round 
of the reality draft. And so these are some guys you really need familiarity with if you're going to be making those early decisions in a variety of formats over the next couple of months. Yeah, I think and it is time to, you know, as it gets closer, I know we'll get more and more excited, but it's particularly at the wide receiver position, there looks to be a, a number of uh, first and second round prospects, which is going to be interesting to cover here as we go forward. And they'll also be, as we mentioned uh, on Tuesday's show, the next, there will be three volumes of it, but the next one coming after the combine, where there'll be more of those metrics, uh, you know, in terms of testing and, and how that filters into things. But so far, um, can't recommend this draft guide enough fantastic stuff from all involved sean as we do get ready to wrap up we did you teased it there jj zacharyson will be joining us next week on the show and of course we are having our saturday show coming up this week where we're going to touch on some of the running back prospects in this class and you know again people may be not as excited at certain positions but there's always going to be a couple of gems in there and the guys are uh, giving you some great analysis to be able to pick those out but um, we'll be talking running backs when it comes to Saturday's show so come back listening to that when you have a chance of course you can also head on over to the YouTube channel hit the subscribe button there as we continue to grow our presence in the video format I know Dave and Curtis have streamed a few of their shows live this week which then obviously they have dropped as podcast as well so you can check those out if you want to see what the guys uh, setups are looking they both have pretty cool setups there over at the uh, i guess we'll say in their studios um but head on over check out the road of his youtube channel and of course if you're getting that guy you, you can also save yourself 10 percent off a road of his pass if you head on over and use the code rv radio 2022 more value for money coming your way there once again that code is rv radio 2022 for a 10 percent discount to a road of his nfl pass my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Of course, you can check out all of Sean's work up at rotaviz.com as well as in the Rookie Draft Guide. Until we're back on Saturday with another podcast, thank you for joining in today. Of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.